I'd like to thank everybody who's been supporting Parasite and who's been working with Parasite and who's been loving Parasite. The directors, the creators keep pushing the envelopes. And without you, our Korean film audience, we are not here. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's really satisfying. Right? That's a good sound. So let's get into it. Let's talk about Parasite. As always, I am most curious what Jesse thought. I'm going to open it every week. Yep. <laughs> Just general Joe, Joe, Joe and I have both seen this before. So, I mean, I feel like there's a lot to unpack with this one. And I'm just curious uh, your your initial impressions. Before, Jesse, before you go, I kind of want to hear your um, your feelings going into it, like how much you heard about it. Obviously, I'm sure you heard all the Oscar buzz and everything. But how What's did that? you... <laughs> <I don't... laughs> but what like was your... Like, kinda... yeah. <laughs> what was yeah, kind of so... your expectations going into this? I thought it was supposed to be good. I've been meaning to watch it. I wanted to watch it. So I was going into it excited uh i made the whole family watch it at night so it was like sitting down actually watching it rather than like you know throwing it on my ipad while i'm i don't know doing something else you're like i'll just sit on the bike and watch or i'll uh you know put it on my second monitor so sat down watch this <clears throat> um overall i really like the movie just generally speaking and it is a movie where it's like yeah i don't even know where to jump in but it is i thought it was super good big fan and it's one of those movies i feel like that's so good because everything in it is good it's like while i was watching it, i was realizing it's not just good you know some movies you're like oh the set design it's a great movie but it's like the set design is like what pops out or the writing or it's like this specific acting or you know like there's something this i'm like i couldn't pick one thing out just because it all just, it was just all solid across the board. You know, like there was not one thing that stood out. After watching it, were you like, that's kind of what I expected it to be like? Or were you just, what did it kind of throw you off? Or did you not no, really have any expectations? I didn't have a lot of expectations. I thought it was going to possibly be a little more um, like the ending without getting into the ending yet more like a sci-fi aspect or a gory aspect or you know like it's way more of just like a story if that makes sense then i thought it would be yeah i mean if you look at the cover like the poster art it to me it comes off like oh this is gonna be like a i don't know more of a horror thriller film which it is but mm -hmm. i don't know with the bars over their eyes i was like oh this is gonna be scary throughout the whole movie i mean it's kind of funny too yeah, it's kind of funny. It actually has like a sad undertone throughout the whole thing rather than like a <laughs> scary one, you know? So yeah, that was definitely different then. How do you guys feel about, like, sometimes I feel like with, and this is true for this one, when there's subtitles, I have to, like, like I, I almost know for sure that I need to watch it twice because I feel like I'm always reading the subtitles very, very carefully the first time. And then, like, as soon as I kind of know the gist, like, I feel like I can pull the whole thing together by looking at the visuals a little bit more than the, the subtitles. But um, I know everyone treats that a little differently. What do you guys think? I watch a lot of foreign movies, so it didn't really phase me at all. 
I, I remember when I first really started getting into them, it was kind of an issue. And I was like, oh, am I going to you know, watch the movie or am I going to read the subtitles? You can't really do both. I mean, you can, but you can't at the same time. So I used to, I was kind of that way where I would watch it and kind of understand the story via dialogue and everything and then rewatch it and kind of see it for the visual aspect of it. Um, but I've gotten to a point where, like, like I said, I watch a lot of them, so I can kind of do both. Yeah, I'm kind of like the same with Joe. I also come from a family who puts subtitles on regular TV, like with English, <laughs> you know, like just always has subtitles on, which so I'm like used to having those there. Like when even when we started, though, since we had subtitles on, it actually was Spanish subtitles overlapping the English ones. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> we got to fix this. This is, this is too much. much. Yeah, this is too much. much. But um, I'm like, I'm not trying to relearn spanish from high school and watch this movie <laughs> mr roberts um, would have been proud i know shout out to him i don't feel the need to watch it the second time right away but i know the second time i watch it i will probably slightly be paying more attention to the visual aspects of it um rather than just reading but i do i've come to like subtitles on whether regardless of what language it's in other than comedy i don't get people who can watch comedy with it on because you like read the punchlines before the jokes, but oh, otherwise, yeah. big sub right, fan. Right. It's so visually well done. Like, you don't even have to read the subtitles a lot of the time. You can kind of just tell by their facial expressions. Um, and something that I found out this time, which I didn't know, is they have a black and white version. And I really want to watch it. And I was trying to find it, but I couldn't find it anywhere for this viewing. And I, I heard it's just so, like, I don't know, it just really makes the cinematography pop even more. And I don't know, I'm really curious to see that version. That would be interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I, to your point about being able to kind of almost derive the, the meaning from the visuals, um, I, I almost have a sneaking suspicion that that exactly is why it was so well received last year at the Oscars, because I mean, this is the first foreign film to ever win best picture. I just think that to an American audience and a primarily English speaking audience uh, for the Oscars, you know, I feel like that goes a long way. What about the like, kind of like uh, more thematic aspects of, of this movie? Cause this is like, this is, it's right in my niche for, uh, for types of movies. Cause uh, much like the bad times episode we did a few weeks ago, this has like a ton of layers to it and you don't need to get super into it, but you totally can. Um, did you guys, which, which ones uh, did you pick up on uh, or which did you feel were noticeable? I mean, I'm curious to hear, I think feel like the ones you're going to pick are the ones I did not think of, you know, because there are a lot of like bold ones that are like you have to face it, like the movies about it and like the social inequity in <laughs> South Korea. And like, you know, like a lot of this is about that and it's it's hard and it had that sad undertone because like it's it's very real, you know, like these problems and like specifically to South Korean culture. I'm sure there's a little more to it. There was stuff along the lines of like the kid loved Indians, Native Americans, they call Indians, um, you know, and, like referencing that they bought the tent from the U.S. And it. I'm sure there's more too, but there's like something along there of like you know, that that is this other external culture that I feel like to a lot of us, like South Korean culture, too many people is probably just like BTS. And, you know, like their, their culture is actually like a huge export of their country. 
you know, but we think yeah, of them. We very, don't think of this. We think cool of like culture. this very specific um, like subset and that's what it's reduced to. And like we almost saw it in that of like Native American culture being reduced to just like, that's the toys he likes, you know? Yeah, I, I hadn't cool. thought about that particular one, the uh, the kind of like Indian as a as a toy, but like also towards the end where they like dressed up and they were gonna like play Indian at this at this kid's birthday party. Um, but it is interesting because that's almost like thinking about it now that you mention it. That's one I hadn't thought of. Um, but like you, just the same way that the like upper class families were in in many ways looking down on the lower class families. And thinking of them as a, like almost like subhuman, you know, like, um, and mm -hmm. it, it, I don't know if it was intentional, but like I could see a parallel between that and um, Indians and how they were treated throughout history over here, um, and to like be so removed from that, and just just to the point where it's a game for a kid, um, I, I could see, I could see something there. That idea of the. Um kind of upper class looking down like it's almost like in caste systems like the untouchable class like is so separated um and like them living in the basement you know like the different levels like oh oh well the basement of the house the basement yeah there's like a, a floor kind of thing of like this bottom level but the only thing i was going to mention you know of like them actually physically living above them um, yeah, but at the end, interesting. it's interesting um, without getting into the ending, but he is climbs up a hill and he's actually looking down at mm -hmm. them. I mean, I never thought of it until you started saying it. But I don't know. Well, I, there's there's that. one there's one scene in particular, and this is the one that I was going to bring up is the uh, the up down is exactly what I was thinking. Like there's one scene where, um, you know, kind of right where uh, it's right at the middle point of the movie where like, okay, they're all working in this house. Everything's kind of working out for them. Like they're, you know, they're, I think they're all just like sipping whiskey while the family's out of town. And when the old housekeeper rings the doorbell, um, everything starts to go sideways because they realize about the sub basement and everything. Family comes home. Um, and as they sneak out, after that whole thing, they go like on this really long journey and they're just going down and down and down and down. It just really drives that up down part home. And it one of the things that I was reading about after I watched this, which I, I hadn't thought about, but I, I think it's totally true, is that this is actually making a statement about climate. Um, because in that same scene, oh. um, so the reason the family came home up on up on their hill is because they were camping, but they got rained out, right? So they got rained out and it was such like, like I think the way they put it is like, oh, it's like, it's such a, so unfortunate, like we had to come home. It was, it was, it was, it was an inconvenience for them. Um, and then they came back to their home on the hill and they had their ramen and, you know, everything was fine. Whereas for everyone, you know, after they go down this huge, you know, two minute trip back to their house, that same rain has literally flooded their entire community with sewage. And, and so like the, the, the social, you know, economic part of that for sure, but like also how the weather will disproportionately impact those of the lower socioeconomic 
group. It was interesting because it wasn't immediately obvious to me, but when somebody mentioned that, I was like, you know, that that's kind of true. How like it's, it was just kind of an like inconvenience for the upper class folks, but it like straight up ruined people's homes for for those who were physically lower. The climate's it, almost the parasite in itself. Uh, that's that's just it. Who's actually the parasite in this movie? Like I actually thought it was a very good name because yeah. In the first half, they're totally leeching off of uh, you know this this wealthy family, but at the same time, like if you think about capitalism, like they're totally taking advantage of workers as well. So it, it, it not like also just those characters right in the house, like they're taking advantage of the, of their services, um, but also that's like the give and take of capitalism. So it's it's kind of. It's interesting because you could make the argument either way that the rich people are parasites on the broader population or that these particular people are parasites on the wealthy family, including the, the group that's living under the house. So I saw this quote from the director. He says, my films are always based on a misunderstanding. The audience is the one who knows more and the characters have a difficult time communicating with each other. We don't have any villains in Parasite, but in the end with all these misunderstandings, they end up hurting each other. So I think like, yeah, I think that's a great question. Like, who is the parasite? Because like, you don't know who to root for. And like, I don't know if I liked, like, I don't know if I liked the characters because they were, I felt bad for them, but they were also leeching off of the family. But then, yeah, it's it's tough because you, you almost get infighting too. Like, it's like you said, like nobody's really good or bad. You don't. There, there's a lot of like misunderstanding between them. But like, I feel like towards that midpoint of the movie where they f- find out that there's the sub basement. Uh, the mom character who's the housekeeper, the new housekeeper. Um, I, I almost feel like, you know, has this like high and mighty kind of sense to her because the, the old housekeeper says something along the lines of like, Hey sis, like we're you know, help, help me out. We're, we're, we're on the same team here kind of, so to speak. And she's like, we're not on the same team. And then she's going to call the police before, you know, everyone falls down and she figures the whole thing out. And now, they're fighting when arguably there's plenty to go around for everybody, you know, and they're kind of all in the same situation. So they should just help each other out, but they don't do that. Right. They tried to, I feel like, I mean, they were like, Oh, should we bring them food at the end? And she was going to bring them food to try to make peace with them, but there's no way. Uh, But yeah, speaking of that, one of my favorite parts is when she kicks the girl down the stairs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was great. It was weirdly funny. I don't know. I think it was supposed to be a little humorous. I hope. <laughs> There's like, pretty good thought. I never get stabbed. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the tough part with, like what you guys were talking about with the family, the two families, like not wanting to help each other. They were like, we're not the same. But it's when they thought they had kind of escalated out of their class in a way. Right. You know, and like there's always this mentality in like probably in like social mobility that like along with capitalism, too, because like scarcity is a very huge part of capitalism and how, you know, it's like, well, we don't want to help you because then we'll have less kind of thing. Like we're getting out and there's this running the like heartbreaking part of this is that. um, And I think was like commentary on the situation right now, like with the like social inequity and lack of social mobility is 
they did all of this and kind of throughout the whole movie, like with the ending, it's like they're it's kind of implied that they're never going to get out of this, you know, like mm -hmm. they're stuck. And that's like the heartbreaking thing throughout the whole thing is like you you almost hope to see at the end that they you know, you want to see the story where it's like they escaped and they he bought the house and he, you know, got out. But it's like they're stuck in it. And there's real, you know, there's real parallels to like our culture too, though, of like social mobility. And it's like the American dream, but how like, but it's like how real it's almost unattainable. Well, ex yeah. exactly. It's like, that's what we sell to everybody, but it's actually like, it's, it's difficult these days, you know, it's, it's not easy. Um, and not realistic for a lot of people. And, and it's, it's a tough, it's a tough commentary to make, but I, it, I think there's, I think it hits hard for uh, a lot of people because it's, it's yeah, true. I, mean, I, I want to like preface also too with like, I'm like, I know probably very little about South Korean culture, but like there's a similar term in Japan for the lost generation um, that comes from Asia had a financial crisis in 97, 98 like most of Eastern or Eastern Asia, that is kind of a lot of where the roots of the South Korean economic problems are. Um, but there's like a term in Japan for the lost generations who are like people who are 40 and 50 now, who like there was the recession when they were coming out of college and they didn't get jobs and couldn't get jobs. And like in that culture, it's kind of like if you miss at the beginning, it's really hard to get back onto a track you're kind of just like off the track for the rest of your life you know so they are these 40 and 50 year olds who like still live at home can't get jobs aren't employable and it's like really hard for them to do anything and i think there are like similarities in in south korea you know there's the it's like this bubble that's bursting and these self-employed and like it was a running thing throughout the movie you heard people kept being like oh I opened this business and then it flopped or I opened this. And then, you know, like the people in the basement, he was, they were like, you went to loan sharks. I think 25% of South Korea is self-employed and it's like super hard to get loans. And so like the loan shark market there is super huge. And like they're five times more indebted than anyone else in the country. It South Korea has like the biggest household debt to G. GDP ratio in I think all of Asia, you know, like it's like the number one suicide cause. It's like preying on desperation. Pretty much. Yeah. And I'm sure there's so much more of this film that like is commentary on that, that I just don't, I'm so unaware of, you know, yeah. right. because how much do we think about this? This is why here? it's so sad. Right. It's such a sad, like the that's sad what I mean. Like the, the running yeah. undertone through the whole movie was just like heartbreaking kind of because it, it was also just like facing you know there's the aspect too and we're sitting here watching it being like oh how lucky are we you know like mm -hmm. to be born here right oh we're about to make a podcast like, about this tomorrow we are yeah but it is super interesting i was talking to jojo about this the other day and it was it's what makes it so much more powerful is you know the director he's from there so it's like it's so much like if you have an american person doing that it's not going to be the same like Call Me By Your Name is directed by an Italian director. It's so much more impactful and powerful because you can actually feel that emotion and their like feelings for that place and characters and culture and 
it's fascinating to me the relationship between a lot of the you know the the, the family as well as uh, the housekeeper and her husband and their relationship with the Park family. What's their name? The Park uh, Park family. Um, like the one that really I I just find the the character who's in the the like sub basement uh, and he's banging his head on the light switch, which. I mean, these days I'm like, it would not surprise me at all, especially in a house like that to be like, oh, there's just a motion sensor, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But the fact that there was actually a human behind that and he kept yelling out like respect. And like, I couldn't quite tell if there was sarcasm in that or if he was genuinely just like, thank you for putting food in my stomach kind of thing. I didn't take it as sarcasm at all because he also, to the other father, down there you know he kind of was like why don't you show respect to him like you're old enough to know you should just show respect that's like a huge thing in that culture is respect obviously to like elders and like he did say how he like he's housing me and like even though obviously he doesn't know i like truly think that there's and it's a weird thing also to watch when you're not in that culture because again it reads very foreign to us like it would be it's very weird for us to think that this guy living in this basement bunker is like genuinely like thank you Mr. Kim appreciative of something that the guy has right. I mean and and I I feel pretty confident saying that if he knew somebody was down there he would not be about it you know he, he's not he wouldn't be like yeah just keep it on the low you know, it, know like, have them dry like, out. yeah exactly so it's yeah. like is that respect well placed I, no probably not but like I don't know. It's it's yeah. it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if the respect ne necessarily like goes both ways though, kind of thing. It's like there's always a one way. You know, it's like you're like in cultures that always have respect for elders. It's not because elders respect them back per se. Like there's other reasons of why. Yeah. I mean, it, it is interesting how that takes the turn. You know, like towards the end when he's trying to say, "Help me." And I couldn't like was the kid reading the Morse code in the when the kid's in the tent. I, don't know. And it's raining, I was trying to figure that out. And he's yeah, and the and the kid sees the light switching. And I thought it showed a little notepad with like almost help me, but then it never, you know, like it was just the kid never became in like I thought that was gonna be some kind yeah, of play. That... But it is weird that like you mentioned, like that is the way he shows respect. And then that same mechanism turns into this, like, you know, he's bashing his head for help using the same mechanism. You know, and like, and it, you know, again, I mean, spoiler alerts, I don't know. But like the ending is the kind of like the same story of sending Morse code through that same light. That's a long Morse code message at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's also just like super tragic that um, like this kid, right? He, they, they make, he, his story is actually kind of interesting because they, at the beginning, they're like, oh, and it's what happened in first grade, you know, and uh -huh. how, how the, the sister, you know, came to find that out. I'm actually not sure, but they, throughout the entire movie, they're like, oh, he had this traumatic experience. And then, you know, come to find out it's actually the, just the guy coming up to like try and get some food probably. And he just happened to be up at the wrong time. Oh, 
I never, so, never thought, yeah, I never thought about yeah. that. So like his, his whole trauma was based on seeing a ghost and the light is a part of that. Seeing the person come up out of the basement is also a part of that, but it's all real. It's just, he perceived it as a ghost and everyone else was very dismissive of it because they're like, ghosts don't exist. So, you know, whatever. Um, but to him, it was very real. And so like, he was actually quite, you know, quite on it, probably more so than anyone. Um, he, he also even like, uh, you know, was like, oh, these guys all smell the same, you know? So I, the kid actually was very sharp and on it, on it with uh, almost everything. A prodigy um, for oh, his yeah. age. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, he's yeah, an art I, prodigy apparently, so. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just crazy though, because this movie has so, so many layers. Um, it does. Yeah. It's, it's almost impossible to get through them all, but each one is somehow more depressing than the next. Uh, so, so what, what did you guys, uh, I guess like most about it, like, did you have any favorite scenes or things that happened? I, I don't know if I could pick any one scene out. Um, honestly, the thing that jumped out at me the most this time I was watching it is how awkwardly the guy in the basement ate. Um, he had a banana and it was just like i was just like i was looking at it and i was like how did i not notice this, this is the, so weird the shots around food were weirdly like slower and like when they did would do the peach fuzz and throw it on her you know those shots turned into these like slow-mo like cinematic and like even when people were eating it kind of was like that yeah it was like jarring almost it makes me want to yeah. have uh ramdam or whatever it looks uh, so good uh, it i know look good when they were sitting there like partying, I was thinking in my head, I go, oh, I always hate these scenes in the movies where like someone's at the house or a kid's throwing a party like, well, the people are gone because I'm like, what, what if they just show back up, you know, and then they get the call and I was like, oh, that's what's happening. OK, right. Yeah. Not right. smart. Yeah. I think for me, the turning point in like the tone, because I was like, oh, I didn't know what to expect. You know, the first time I watched this and I was like kind of lighthearted, but also sad in the beginning. You didn't really know what was going to happen. And then for me is when they, you know, did the peach, the first time they get the peach skin onto the housekeeper. I was like, wow, they will literally put someone in the hospital. <laughs> when they were all drunk on the couch, um, I think the daughter said something along the line. Like they were, they were like, well, 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 well you know, what happened to the driver? Oh, he'll get another job. What, right. you know? And, yeah. and then she was just like, you know, just like kind of spat it out. Just like, well, what about us? Like, well, you know, Who's look? Who's wonder? Who's uh, trying to help us? You know, it's like selfish, but also you need to survive. I, it's it's such a talk. like we were talking about earlier. Like you, I don't know how to feel <laughs> about this. Yeah. It's a, it's no one's good or bad. It's just they're looking out for themselves. But exactly, yeah. <laughs> what a great movie, though, huh? I know. <laughs> I was thinking about a few things, kind of when I was watching this again, and then I was like, what if the son actually got with the daughter? What if, what's, I can't remember his name, but like if that happened theoretically and say they got married, their family would realize that they're the family that's been living in their house. Uh -huh. Well, that's when he was like, um, you know, like we can get actors to play my parents. And... Right. But I also think that's a play on like, they don't think things through all the way, clearly. Yeah. What about <laughs> locations? Yeah, I, I, we actually have two of them in the app currently um we have the pizza generation like where the pizza boxes come from and uh it's actually called sky pizza 
and then the supermarket in the beginning where he could picks up the, the drinks um, yeah. and the house was built the first floor was built for the movie and the basement's a soundstage and then the second floor was basically cgi in the soundstage i was gonna oh, say really? the house I yeah i saw that the house was a set and, you know because it's like half the movie or more takes place yeah. you know in that set but it's so good that whole set's so well done now would you live in that house clarifying you can, question yeah do, <laughs> do i know, about know it has to yeah exactly <laughs> you can yes you know everything about it you can redecorate it if i could know that that no one was living in the basement yeah yeah, it's a, cool I, I house. It's, a, it's a nice house. I also found out that the trees and the outside surrounding it, those are all CGI. Really? I yeah. was curious about that. Just when when they do the shot in the living room out to that yard, it looks it almost looks too good where I was wondering how much of it was created yeah. for an actual set. Mm -hmm. the, the bunker part was interesting because random enough, like last week I was watching a lot of stuff on how I think most of it was from a couple years ago, but a lot of like billionaires were buying property in New Zealand with um, like doomsday bunkers. Uh, because, you know, something, you know, basically if the world collapsed, they just want like a place to live that's like fresh air and safe and all this stuff. And it's this like big thing, actually, I think happening in New Zealand with like affordable housing and everything's just being bought up by billionaires. But they like there was a vice piece and a guy from Queenstown is trying to see one of the bunkers, you know, so he but of course, none of these billionaires want to even say they have one or want to show people. And so they're like driving around, they like drive to Peter Thiel's house. And then his, I think it's his neighbor who's like, you got to get out of here. Like, <laughs> this is crazy. Like, he absolutely will not be showing you anything you need to leave, you know, but they it was just funny that like, they're all hidden there. But it's like, it's like almost I don't know if booming business is right there, but like there's all these underground bunkers being put in in New Zealand. But it is funny that they, you know, he didn't. The story in the movie was that the original architect was like embarrassed by the fact that they had built one like as a precaution kind of so, like that's why he didn't ever told the new family when they bought the house. Oh, interesting. These layers just keep on coming to this movie. <laughs> I know. There's so many. I, I was, you know, they won, I think it was five Oscars or four, and they got nominated for, um, the, the two they didn't win was editing and uh, production design. And I was reading this interview with him. Those are the two categories he wished he won because uh, it represents them in a really good way, the production design and the editing, which is interesting. Um, that's something that starts me was the editing. I thought it was super cool. And apparently... He edited the guy edited it in Final Cut Seven, which hasn't had an update since 2014. Is and they like wanted they released X after yeah, that. I think so. so but I was like, this guy is still editing on Final Cut Seven, and he nominated for an Oscar. What the heck is going on here? But I'm I gonna make music in GarageBand and Grammys. Here I come. Anything can happen. Do you know who won those categories? Ford versus Ferrari won editing, which makes sense. Um, and then production design, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, okay. I could have seen this winning either of yeah. those, though. But I mean, obviously, they they got best yeah. picture, so they totally. they made out okay. But yeah, cool. Um, any any final thoughts on on this one before we 
get uh, get Jesse's pick. I'm really glad I rewatched it. Honestly, this is a movie I could watch over and over again in every few months. Even though I know so what happens. Good. It's so interesting. It's, there's so many layers to it, like we were talking about, and how it's shot. Is The music is incredible. and it, I don't know. It's just really well done. Just a great movie. Just a great movie. I think on somewhere I was saying the last song was titled like 560 something years. Um, and it was like a reference to how long that kid would have had to actually make money to afford the house. Oh, really? I think so. Oh, did I think there's that. some, and also like re solidifying the fact that like the ending was like, he's not going to. Yeah. You know, that's what I it got ends from with it. him. Also, how does he, how is he getting the letter to his father? That, that was unclear to me. They didn't show that, I don't think. Yeah, because he just wrote, like the ending is him writing that letter. I wonder if he wasn't writing it more for himself than anything, but. Uh -huh. I didn't know if he was going to do like a one time, like break in the house or something, you know, like throw it down there and then be like, I can't do this obviously again. I was thinking I, about I, that. It would get so boring living that way. <laughs> yeah, it would. <laughs> I would rather go to jail, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. That's such a tough... I know. Neither of those are great. But... I guess arrested for murder, that's pretty intense, so... Well, I mean, how is it actually any different, right? Like, I mean, I don't... Like, if you yeah. were in, like, a, a prison situation where you could actually have social interaction, but, like, he's basically in solitary confinement. Right. I guess it's the same thing. Which You're is right. Like the worst. Which, okay. but by choice. Yeah. But he by has choice. the option to leave. I guess he has the option to leave and kind of try to escape if he wants, but that's risky, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the two things that I don't know, but I imagine play a factor too, are one, I don't know what South Korean prisons look like. Um, but also, yes. and I don't know how just in the culture it's viewed, if that's viewed differently as. Um, just with there's so much like, respect and honor and dignity in that culture where if like for some reason being in the jail would kind of wreck him inside versus even if he's kind of in his own prison, but he's not publicly in jail. I don't, I don't right. know, but I just imagine that those two things. Yeah. That makes sense. Interesting some part. It is interesting, though, that at the end, like they sell the house to like a German family. Yeah. And, like, you can, the only thing is like you see like the new photos on the wall. It's just this like super like. Anglo-Saxon looking waspy ID. Well, I don't know, <laughs> you know, and they're never there, but they just like, you know, outside now foreign money, just buying this house. Right. But, they, but they do uh, eat more than just beer and sausage. So that's good. Yes. She was very <laughs> thankful for. That's true. This is a random thought question, but you know, you know the place that they were at where she was making the brochure in Photoshop? Mm -hmm. What is that? Is that like a library? Like, they have like internet cafes. Uh, I, actually, the only, the only reason I know this is, but like I know they have like essentially like gaming lobbies where you can uh, like, pe people go to like actually StarCraft is is very big in Korea. Um, this is the only reason I know this, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they you know they'll literally have like like almost like um, it's like a like a what you would have seen in like a, a school computer lab where it's just like a room with like a bunch of computers and then you can just go log in and do your thing. Cause right. you know, for, for anyone who doesn't have a computer at home, you can just 
use one in this kind of community space. Yeah, I think those places are like combo, like like Joe said, internet cafe, gaming centers, and like casino. You know how like they came around with, yeah. Uh, you know, you like at first without the computers, you it would read to us as a casino. But I think there's like gaming and gambling, and there's just these massive centers. We didn't really talk about. I just didn't know if Joe B specifically that end scene at the party, all the gore. All the killing. I mean, I loved it, obviously. Wasted sausage. I wasted, <laughs> wasted sausage. Wasted I know. Sausage. This is just me, but I wish there were more of that because I'm a horror, big horror fan. So I love that aspect of it. That was one of my favorite parts of the movie. I, lo- I also liked it because it was, I don't know, a lot of movies, like they kind of build up to that sort of thing. And he just walked into the kitchen, grabbed the knife, walked outside and started stabbing. Like I was it, like, Yeah, it okay. happened so <laughs> fast. And there's, there's always things that. too that I'm always like, I was so shocked that kid was alive. Okay, that was my other I mean, question. How did he live? I feel like he just stabbed him like in the shoulder and it was so clear that he was dead. But the kid was like bludgeoned with a stone. Twice. Twice, yes. Well, I think he might have gotten Mr. Park in the heart. I think that's what. Oh, okay. Because it was like right here. I don't know. I assume. That makes sense. But then again, it, people it handle blades differently, so... So get into the details of that. But it was, that was a shocking when he like woke up with, I mean, he obviously had brain surgery. It wasn't like he woke up and they were like, yeah, he was fine. No problem. He was just laughing. Something that I kind of caught this time actually was, it was super interesting that Mr. It seemed like Mr. Kim wanted to kill Mr. Park the whole time because at the end, when you cut the uh, cords for the camera, when he went back into the basement. So he had to have done that prior well i thought well no but didn't the old housekeeper do that because she said don't worry i cut the cable so no one knew knows i was here that makes sense i didn't catch that okay yeah because she told them like don't worry i cut the cable in front of the house so that no one would know i came back never mind there you go yeah because i was like at the end he's staring at mr park and i was like what's he gonna do is he mad at him like i don't know i think he had the, the whole thing with like like and this kind of gets back into the how they might have looked at the that family as like almost like subhuman um, is just like the whole smell thing, like which which is present throughout. Like you know the kid, right. the kid says that when they're hiding under the table, they're like, "Oh, do you smell that?" Like, uh, and you know you can see when he's driving the car, like both the wife and uh, the Mister Park both do the like, you know, and like visibly seem like disgusted by the smell. Um, so I, I feel like there was a little bit of hate there for sure. Yeah. I mean, especially to the point, like you were saying, like of doing it at the very end too, of like over, like the guy had just died, you know, and like clearly he was just moving him off his keys and was just like, oh yeah, this guy stinks. You know, like it, it very much showed the point of how dehumanizing like that whole thing is when they're like about to like come out from behind the bushes. And he was kind of just like, yeah, I don't know about this. And he's like, just think of it as your job. Like almost like you don't have a choice, just just do it. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. You just, I don't think he actually really cared about them at all. No, even though he was like a super nice guy, I think you're yeah. absolutely right. Like they were, they're, the family was so nice. The mom, super nice. But yeah, I just don't think they, they were almost on this pedestal where they didn't even think about it. Like they were like, we're not even gonna, 
relate to them because they're below us, but they don't think about it. They're not trying to be mean. I feel like that's just how they are. And one strike and you're out because, and then they tried to do it discreetly so as not to embarrass themselves, but they had no real concern for the people, you know, the, the, she had, they thought she had TB and they were just like, okay, bye, which I mean, arguably contagious and not great for your family. So I, I get that, but like, you know, just throwing her out and not caring is, is not great either. Um, same with the driver. You'd think you'd give him like the benefit of the doubt to be like, Hey, let's have a conversation. Like, why would you do this in the car? You know, we're that's something that I kind of wrote down. I was curious. I was like, they didn't even talk to him after that incident. Like they didn't even discuss, like, is this true? Like, do you even, did you even see this happen? Like, was this you? They didn't even ask him. They're basically assuming. And then they just got rid of him. I think that has a lot to do with the culture, though. Again, I'm I'm like, please correct me if <laughs> this is wrong. But I think there's even an aspect of like, we don't want to bring it up because it's like, if it's true, too, it's shameful for him, you know? So it's almost like saving his honor. Gotcha. Not bring it up. Like, I just think there's so many plays like that that are so foreign to us, mm-hmm. you know, that are like just very parts of that culture. It's just so hard to read because you're like, with this one especially, you're so aware you're on the outside watching mm-hmm. into this. Jesse, do you want to reveal your uh, your movie? Your yeah, pick? I feel like I yes. want to repick my movie now. <laughs> <laughs> Bowfinger again? Is it the Human yeah, Centipede? Maybe. No, but I I feel like now I need to go Human Centipede. Don't get. I never watch those. But I'm I never gonna pick that. Don't worry. Yeah, so I'm doing the whole trilogy for next week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We all get one veto. That, that's oh, actually pretty okay. funny. That's, but that would suck. Time. You're like, all right, this is my pick. And everyone else is like, <laughs> X. <Yep. laughs> okay, I'll just I'll go, go with it. I really wanted to go with a comedy now after this because I'm like, again, just need a bowfinger. I was going to pick uh, that new movie, The Little Things. Oh, yeah. The Jared Leto, Rami Malek, Denzel. I was hoping that neither of you had watched it yet. I almost I did thought... yesterday, but I wait, is this your was... pick? Is this your pick or is you thinking about doing this one? I think it's my pick. It's what okay. I came in being like, I'll pick that. Cool. But I'm just saying after all this, I'm like, oh man, do I want to pick another like non non bow finger? I don't know. Bow finger. Do I want to pick like monkey bone or another classic? <laughs> Any Brandon Fraser movie. Brandon <laughs> Fraser Marathon, the best of. Um yeah, cool. honestly, it was that, or I wanted to go with a new movie that hopefully neither of you had seen. And it was that, or on HBO, I saw that. I saw Irresistible, which I'd never heard of before, which is just a Steve Carell. I think Great it's movie. Really... Great movie. Oh, you did watch it? It's John Stewart's movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. So I was it. like, that's at least probably good, but okay, I'm glad. Well, Sweet, I'm excited. Yeah, we'll do the little things. Or the new HBO series, or I think it's just a documentary or movie i don't know called the fake famous the like three like fake influencers and i was like oh "Oh, this is like me this is (laughs) (laughs) i may learn some tips but yeah let's go with the little things sweet i am i'm I'm actually i wanted to i've heard good things about it so i've heard nothing about it honestly so is this the first one we've all never seen I think so. Yeah, that's why I wanted to pick one that was new for everyone. I had to look it up before I said it because I'm always like, the the tiniest thing. 
the <laughs> the little piece, the tiny piece. The... <laughs> Jared Leto looks like he's great. Jared Leto, it. I love Jared Leto. Jared Leto, Rami Malek's great. It's great. I'm not gonna look it up till after, but I want to know if he went full method on this one as well. Probably. I mean, does he not do that ever yeah. now? Even if it's like a like a a role that you don't even need to go method, he probably goes method. Yeah. But like you're just. But I'm excited. You just have two minutes. You're just like a store clerk. You don't have any lines. And he's like, I'm going to spend the next two years. <laughs> I'm working at Wagons. Work <laughs> I'm nailing this. I would respect that. Before we wrap up, any uh, entertainment news, new movies? They announced... Things uh, going on? This was like probably a week ago, but uh, a direct Cloverfield sequel. Because they've come out with two other ones. Cloverfield, 10 Cloverfield Lane, and then Cloverfield Paradox. And they were, I didn't really like them, but they were kind of like indirect sequels. Like it's basically setting up a multiverse. So this one's kind of like a direct sequel to the original, which will be good. Sharon, the two things I've been watching, one's good, one's horrible. Uh, started HBO's Industry TV series. Ooh. I don't recommend. Oh, okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and super late to the game, but I don't know if either of you watched Search Party, the series. There's like five seasons out. That. So good. Hilarious. Okay. That's all I'll say. But Good to know. That's, what, check that's it out. what's on my TV these days. <laughs> I don't know if I've been, yeah. I've Watch, been, I've been... Uh, watching the uh, WandaVision stuff. I, I had a hard time getting past the first episode, but I, cause I really? didn't, I don't think I understood that it was like a, uh, like a sitcom. I was like, where are they going with this? But, but mm -hmm. then it, uh, now I'm into it. I don't have Disney plus. So I'll probably, probably just going to binge it once it's all. Once it's all out. <laughs> I actually kind of like how like they did this for Game of Thrones and they made you wait like each week. Like, I mean, it's it, like it watching sucks, TV. But... Yeah. yeah. I prefer but... it, honestly. I, I kind of like it because I don't, I, I'm more of a movie person, way more of a movie person than a TV person. And if I, if there's like a, you know, say Stranger Things comes out, you want to watch the entire show because it's all out at once. But if it's week by week, I'm very okay with that because I don't get stuck in my couch for eight hours. Well, that's what's right. great about I mean, I also I'm probably more of a TV person than a movie person, mm -hmm. but H I love HBO because I think they usually do a really good job on all their shows. But they also because it, you know it's like if you have the HBO channel, they release it week, like you know all their series when they come out, they're released a week at a time. So it's like oh cool Tuesday nights, I get right. to watch that episode, and it is nice to like break it up actually. A little bit. Well, yeah, and just have like, oh, every Wednesday I get to watch exactly a new episode. Just yeah. you know, like the good old the good old days. Well, the good old days, you you'd try and sit down at like eight p.m. on a Tuesday, and if you showed up at nine, you're screwed. You know, but exactly. then you got that like... TiVo, that DVR, and you just were <laughs> DVR and everything. <laughs> game game changer. <laughs> Love it. That's a wrap for this episode, right? Cool. That's a season. That's a. I'm gonna slate this they guy. Say? That's it a wrap. Day wrap. Next week. <laughs> Gotta love it.